Amen. And God bless you. God bless you. Uh, we want to pray with you um, that God has been good to you, that God has blessed you, that God has been an encouragement to you. And I pray that you're strengthened of God even right now as this message reaches you. We're going quickly to the word of the Lord. If you will follow us to Romans 8, chapter 28. Again, that's Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we'll be looking at verses 28 through 31. And the word of the Lord reads there in Romans 8, uh, 28. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And for those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called and those whom he called, he also justified and those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? The word tonight is encouraging us and reminding us of the place that we hold with God. And I just wanted to remind somebody tonight about your dominion, the place of dominion that you occupy with God. Many of us, sometimes we forget uh, what God, what the place that we occupy with God. Sometimes we allow the circumstances of life to hold us to a degree that we feel like that God is not in control. And because we allow our circumstances to dictate how we feel about God, we relinquish a bit of our dominion. That doesn't mean that we no longer have dominion. It simply means that we're not exercising the dominion that God has given us. And that's what the Bible is reminding us. And particularly in this text, uh, I like what Roman, how Romans 8 31 puts it. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? What it's reminding you is that no matter how powerful your adversary may seem, their power is small in the eyes of God. No matter how powerful they may, it, the adversary may seem, no matter how big and large your situation may seem to you in this moment. And what, what we're saying here in the scripture may seem simple until you're in the middle of being confronted by an adversary. It seems easy until you are in the middle of your trial, until you're in the middle of your storm. And I don't know what someone is facing right now, but often these words seem uh, are powerful and we celebrate these words. And then we get into the middle of a circumstance or a situation. And then we forget how much dominion God has given us. We forget that we have power over our situations and our circumstances, not powerful because of who we are, but powerful because of who we serve and what is in us. There is something powerful that is in us. The word says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is something powerful working through you that can exercise its power over your circumstances and over your situations. So therefore, my environment does not dictate to me what God has already promised. Let me say that again. My environment has no impact. It has no ability to cancel that which God has already promised. So if I'm operating by, and so the question becomes, are we operating by what we see or are we operating by what God told us? Because I, I don't believe that there's anything in between. Either we're operating, living, have an attitude, 
uh, have drive, have purpose and have goals based on what God told us? Or are we reactive and responsive to what our environment is telling us? And are we allowing our environment to dictate to us our life, our purpose, even our attitude? See, the thing about it is you're in control of your attitude. It's not what happens to you in life. It's how you respond to it. So if you're operating under the dominion, under the exercise of God's word, what he told you, you have a very different response than someone who allows their environment to dictate their attitude, their circumstances and and what they believe. Some people say, well, I, I today is going to be a bad day. What, what are you? Why are you saying today is going to be a bad day? Are you basing that on what God has told you? Or are you basing that on how you perceive your environment? Because I, I dare to say you're basing that on how you perceive your environment, not based on what God told you. Because I don't believe God told, woke you up that this morning and told you, hey, today's just going to be a bad day. Today's just not your day. Uh, today, you're not going to have dominion. Today, God is not in control. Today, God's word is void and, and not valid. Uh, today, you're you're not uh, more than a conqueror through Christ who loved you. I, I don't believe that God has spoken that into anyone. So when we say this is going to be a bad day, nothing is working out for my good. This is going to be terrible. I don't know how I'm going to come out of this circumstance. That Those are reactive statements. Those statements are reactions based on our perception of our environment and our circumstances, and they are not founded on what God has spoken into our lives. It's not founded on what God told you. So the question is, why are you repeating and speaking into your life things that are in contradiction of what God told you? If God, if God, Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Why would you speak words over your life, yourself, your children, your home, your job, your finances, your health? Why would you speak anything that's not in line with what God said in his word? Because then when you speak those things over your life, you're speaking into fruition a set of circumstances that God is not on board with. You're literally speaking into yourself, you talking yourself into taking a position that God did not tell you to take because you are reacting to your environment and not reacting to what God's, God told you. I often share this example, but I, I think it to be a perfect example because some of us remember the story of Elijah when he had declared that there would be no rain uh, except according to his word. And then God had allowed him to hear rain in his ears. He heard it in his ears that rain was coming, although there had been a drought in the land. Then Elijah sends his prophet, not his prophet, he sends he sends his servant up to the mount and, the, and he sends him up and tells him to go look for clouds, go look for rain. And the servant keeps going back up to look for rain. And when he comes back and returns, he says there is nothing. And I can get into that because there's a big difference between I see nothing and there is nothing. And, and often we have to be careful how we speak and declare things over our lives. When God says you're going to have something, don't say there is nothing. Just say at this moment, I perceive nothing. However, I believe that whatever God said is true and whatever he's spoken on my life over my life will come to pass. But that that servant boy kept coming back to Elijah saying there is nothing. And, and Elijah kept sending him back and saying, go again, go keep looking. What he was saying to him is, I need you to go back. I need you to keep going until you come back with a report that doesn't match my environment but rather that lines up with what God told me. I want, to, I want to say that again, and I need you to speak that. I need to speak that into your life because I need you to have that same attitude that Elijah have relative to God's word. He sent 
that servant boy back to look over the cliff, to look out over the sea, to look for evidence of rain, because rain is what God had told him was coming. So he did not accept any words or any set of circumstances that did not line up with what God told him, despite what his environment was telling him. And what I want to tell somebody today is your environment is deceptive. The devil is trying to line up things in your life so that you begin to doubt what God told you. And if you doubt what God told you, I often say it and I mean it and I need you to get into your spirit. If you doubt what God told you, then you will move out of position. Then if you move out of position, then you won't be there to receive what God has for you. That's all the devil has to do. He doesn't have to snatch you out of the church or, or convince you to stop following God. All he has to do is move you out of position. And then when you don't receive what God told you, you begin to doubt God. So that, that's, that's what happened in this situation with Elijah. And that's what needs to happen in your life. You need to speak over your circumstances. The Bible keeps telling us, speak those things that are not as though they were. The Bible says, whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. When God has told you to something, and let me make this clear that we're not talking about everybody's going to be a millionaire. No, so no, that's, not, that's not what we're speaking because everybody's not going to be a millionaire. Everybody's not going to have uh, a big house. And, and lots of cars and, and lots of land. We're not speaking some type of prosperity gospel relative to this. We're I'm talking about holding on to what you know God told you. And when you know God has told you something, you have to keep speaking that thing until your environment lines up with God's word. Keep speaking that thing until your environment begins to line up with God's word. Don't change your perception of what's happening in your life based on what's happening on the outside. The Bible tells us, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. In other words, don't allow your environment to dictate to you what you believe. Don't allow your environment to change or try to corrupt what God has placed on the inside. You know what God told you. You know what God has placed on the inside. So you need to keep speaking, standing firm and believing until what happens on the outside begins to reflect what God has put on the inside. And a lot of times it's the opposite. The opposite becomes true. We begin in circumstances and situations and we see sorrowful situations on the outside. And I'm not saying it's, 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 it's wrong. It's bad to cry. Sometimes you need to cry. Crying is good. But sometimes we allow sorrow on the outside to get into the point that it corrupts what God has told us on the inside. And why I mean it corrupts it is because when we see sorrow so much, we begin to languish in sorrow and we allow what we're experiencing to cause us to think differently about what God told us. See, see this is, let, me, let me give you a perfect example of that relative to what we've already said. When, when, a lot, when God put the sound of rain in Elijah's ear, he, he stuck with that until his environment lined up with that. But if he had been a doubter, he could have said when the servant came back and the servant said there is no rain, Elijah could have said, well, I don't see any rain. Then that must mean that rain is not coming. I want you to get, he could have allowed his environment, what he was experiencing to corrupt and change what God had spoken to him and allow it to corrupt the faith that God had poured on the inside of him. And that is the very thing I'm telling you, you cannot allow to happen in your life. 
You can't say, well, you can't allow when, when God says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you to another level on your job. But then you experience a setback or people are talking about you or you run into a supervisor that, that doesn't like you. And then all of a sudden you change your perception. You, you allow what their, their environment to corrupt what God told you. And then you no longer believe what God said, but rather you begin to respond and react based on your environment and the situation that you found yourself in. And in doing so, we are not following God's word. In fact, we're allowing the forces that are working on the outside in our minds to become more powerful than God's word. And what force can combat God? That's what our scripture is telling us there in Romans 8 and 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? In order of what we're saying tonight, then what is it that is powerful enough? What force is there out there that's so powerful that it can change what God has told us? What force is there out there that has the power to power to to change our purpose, to to restructure our blessings, to to take us out of God's will and and cause us to believe something different? What force has the power to change God's will, his will for our lives? And the scripture is telling us there is no force capable of changing God's will. There is no force that is capable of altering that which God has spoken over our lives. And if there is no force and there is no powerful power that is out there which can alter God's will, then that means I need to continue to stand on what God told me. My attitude should reflect not what I'm seeing on the outside, but what God has put on the inside. Let, let me give you this. When I'm at work, when I'm at work and, and people are down and people are sad and people are depressed, I, I shouldn't begin to reflect the same attitudes that they have because my attitude is not based on my environment and what I'm experiencing on the outside, but rather my attitude should reflect the word that God has placed on the inside of me. So that means I can smile even in the middle of distress. I can have, the as we say, the Bible says, a peace that passes understanding. I can possess that. The reason I can is because I know what God told me. And what did God tell me? Well, that's what our word started with in Romans 8 and 28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose, all things are working together for my good. So my attitude should not reflect what my coworker said to me. My attitude should not reflect how my boss treated me. My attitude should not reflect whether it's stormy on the outside, whether someone was talking about me in the break room, whether whether or not I heard about somebody lying on me, whether or not my children were even acting up today or whether or not I was even fit, not feeling my best in my body. My attitude should not reflect my environment, but my attitude should reflect God's word that he has spoken to me. And I know that in all circumstances, when I'm doing God's will, that all of these things, these matters, these situations, these storms, these trials, and these problems are all working for my good. So when I smile in the middle of adversity, it's not because I'm special. It's simply because I'm tuning my attitude, not to what others say, not to even what I see, not to what my senses observe, 
but I'm tuning my attitude to what God has told me. My attitude is going to continuously be in tune to what God told me. My attitude should reflect that. How I speak to other people, that's the power right there. I need to give this to someone. How do I talk good and, and, and well and, and respectfully to a neighbor who continuously seems to be disrespectful to me? Why? Because I'm not going to allow my haters, my neighbors, anybody that's talking to me to set the atmosphere for my attitude. They do not have the power to control my attitude. I can have a, a attitude of faith and, and hope and, and belief, even when other people around me are tearing me down. Why? Because my attitude is not based on what I'm seeing or observing on the outside. My attitude is simply a reflection of what God has poured into me, what God has spoken to me on the inside. So I, I, I can have joy in the midst of confusion. I can have peace in the middle of turmoil. I can I can lift my hands and praise God even as the songwriter said before the battle is over. Because my attitude is not a reflection of what you do to me, what you say to me, what you say about me, what how you speak about me behind closed doors. But my attitude is a continual reflection of what God has spoken over my life what God has put inside of me. So I'm going to reflect the word of God until, get this, until my environment begins to look like what God said. And that's, that, that's, that's, that's the praise right there. I, I'm going to continue to hold on to this attitude. I'm going to continue to hold on to this praise. I'm going to continue to hold on speaking positively over poor situations because at some point my outside, my environment will line up with what God told me. And I get happy and excited just to think about it. I'm, I'm not praising. I'm not putting on a false face. I'm not giving you a fake smile. It's a real smile. My, my, it seems fake to you because my environment doesn't look like my, my attitude. Why do you have joy in the middle of this trouble? The reason I have joy is not because I'm putting on a fake attitude. The reason I have joy is because I know that my God is going to cause my outside, my environment to line up with what he has already told me, what he has already poured on the inside. And I have to close. I'm going to leave you with this. Elijah did not have faith for naught. He didn't just keep sending that boy back for no reason. He Every time the boy said that I see nothing, Elijah said, keep going back. Elijah said, I refuse to lie down and, 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 and waddle in this situation. I refuse to have a pity party in the middle of this trial because I'm going to keep on having faith. I'm going to keep on having a positive attitude. I'm going to keep on believing and holding my head up high until What's on the outside begins to reflect what God told me on the inside and what happened. He kept sending the boy and finally the boy came back and he said, I see a little cloud. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, that the cloud wasn't the rain, but the cloud was evidence that the rain was coming. And that's what God does for us in our lives sometimes. We're waiting on the rain, but God instead sends us a little cloud in the distance. And if you have faith, 
You don't have to feel the rain to get excited. You're already overjoyed because God is sending you evidence of something that he already told you. Eliza refused to allow the news he kept hearing to get him down until what happened on the outside began to reflect what God had said on the inside. And I'm speaking that over somebody's life right now because somebody's life right now is cloudy. Somebody's life right now, it seems like it's in distress. Somebody's life right now, you feel like giving up. You feel like you're not going to make it. It seems like every piece of evidence that you're seeing right now is contra in contradiction to what God told you. But I'm telling somebody right now, hold on, because they that wait, on the Lord. He shall renew their strength. He will mount up with wings as eagles. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. My God, he, whatever he has spoken, whatever he has declared, it will come to pass. So keep holding on. Keep holding your head up high. Keep smiling in the middle of adversity because you keep holding on until what's on the outside begins to reflect what God has already spoken to you on the inside. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this evening, this night, this day, this season, Lord, your word that always comes to encourage us, that always comes to remind us of your presence. Lord, that comes to contradict the plans of the devil. Lord, we know no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. And Lord, despite what it looks like on the outside, Lord, we know that all things Work together for the good to them that love the Lord, to them who are called and working according to your purpose. And Lord, we declare that right now over the lives of all of those who are listening, to those who will even share this word with someone else. Let them know this is not the time to faint. This is not the time to give up. But they need to hold on until your word shall come to pass. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you tonight. I pray that what you have heard tonight has been a blessing to you. I pray it has been an encouragement to you. And I pray that whatever you've heard, that it will be something that you share. Not, 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 it's not just for you. This word that God gives is not just for you, but he intends it. It's intentional for the purpose of you sharing it with someone else. And I need you to share. Find somebody tomorrow who looks a little sad, who looks a little down, who looks a little frustrated. Take him aside. And tell them what we spoke over them tonight. Tell them to keep on smiling. Keep, hold their head up high. Keep on praying and believing until what they see on the outside becomes a reflection of what God has spoken over them on the inside. Be blessed. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.